where I went to school, if we don't want somebody to step on something, we put it on the wall. We don't put it on the floor. <laughs> Anybody can step on uh, the North Carolina sign. I just didn't want him stepping on it. <laughs> Outstanding. That was Hubert Davis reacting to the story Jay Billis told us a while back. Where Hubert said Jay couldn't step on the North Carolina logo in the Tar Heel locker room. Seems fitting we get to that because ahead of college game day visiting the Smith Center Saturday morning for Duke Carolina, we welcome Jay back on in the triad. Jay, how much are you looking forward to doing the show in a building I'm sure you already feel very welcome at, but getting to have Hubert back on the show he used to co-host? Well, we're always excited to be involved in the Duke Carolina rivalry, and and anytime I get a chance to to spend time with Hubert Davis, I'm always grateful. He's uh, there's not a better guy on the planet than him. So um, it, it's going to be a great great day, and and uh, and it'll be another great game. Um, but there's so much around it. I mean, it's a it's a big game by itself, and uh, you know you only have to say Duke Carolina, and everybody knows what it's about. But it, it's it would be a huge win for North Carolina, and it's an important win for Duke because they're both. I think Duke's eight and two, and uh, and Carolina's eight and three in the league, and uh, and because the league hasn't performed as well, uh, Duke has become an even bigger game uh, for your resume. So uh, you know, it's not that you have to tell the players that they know it, and uh, I think I think you'll see those two teams play play as hard, if not harder, and uh, you know, for forty minutes than they played all year long. Both teams enter the game on four-game winning streaks. Jay will be on the call with Dan Schulman Saturday night. I wanted to ask you about the ACC as a whole because three years ago, I felt like you and I were talking about the league having one of the best years we've ever seen a conference have with three number one seeds, the national champ, and one of the biggest stars in the sport we've seen in recent years in Zion Williamson. But since then, it seems the league's had slowly taken a step back the last few years. And when you look right now, as you mentioned, there's Duke at number nine and not another team really close to cracking the top 25. Do you buy into the league being down, and does it concern you at all? Well, it concerns me for this year because it is down. I mean, you know, it, it's not like nobody's making it up. It's down. And, you know, it, it, there are several different measures. But, I mean, we can't tout the metrics like we did three, four years ago when Duke got three number one seeds. And, and they're dominating the Ken, KenPom.com rankings. They're dominating the net rankings. Uh, they had stellar non-conference records and all these quad one wins. And then when they don't have it, say, well, well, people are making this up. It's not true. Of course it's true. And, you know, look, all you have to do is start, start here. How many first-round NBA draft picks are in the league this year? Wow. <laughs> Probably three, maybe four, and they might all play for the same team. They all play for Duke. And, and look, like you can go to all the draft boards. They're not making that up either. And, uh, and so that, that's a significant factor. You know, and, and you have to ask yourself, like, is, is Virginia as good as they've been in the, in the past several years? No. Is, is Florida State as good as they were last? No. Um, you know, the answer is no to all these. And uh, is Carolina as good as they were, you know, three, four years ago? No. And, but they're still good. But, but, you know, Carolina's had some games this year. They're 0-6, I believe, against Quad 1. Now, they've played a tough schedule, but some of those games, they've been hammered. You know, Tennessee beat them pretty good. They lost to Purdue pretty good. I mean, they, they, they've been, you know, they, they, uh, uh, who else blew them? Miami blew them out. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Wake Forest. And Wake Forest beat them pretty bad. So they, they've had a number of games where they weren't competitive. And the last four, they've won them all. And have played, you know, they're, they're improving and they're a good basketball team. But, I, you know, I don't think you'd have to canvas too many, you know, longtime North Carolina fans and say, is this a vintage roster? And the, because the answer would be no. But, but the truth is, it wasn't a vintage roster last year either. Because, uh, you know, it, it wasn't a great team last year. They were good, but they weren't great. And, uh, and usually when, when you say North Carolina, you say great. And you say Duke, you say great. You know, uh, in the last 10 years with, with Virginia, you're talking about a, uh, a team that's contending. And they're not contending. And uh, so that, that's significant. Um, heck, uh, uh, you know, Notre Dame has been better than they are now. There, there are a number of teams. So, you know, look, this happens from time to time. I can't remember how many years ago it was, but there, there was a year where, where uh, the ACC only got three or four teams in the ACC tournament. Everybody just got, uh, thought the sky was falling. It'll normalize and they'll get back up near the top of the rankings. But I'm not sure that, that the ACC is in the top five conferences in the country this year by the metrics. Um, and so that, that's put a lot of pressure on, on you to make sure when you do have these high-value games that you, uh, you know, not only you win, but, uh, but you want to play well, too. Jay Bill is with us here on WSGS Sports. I've always felt college basketball really picks up after the Super Bowl, leading into March in the tournament. So with that in mind, how big do you see the Coach K retirement story getting over the next month? I don't see how much bigger it could get. I mean, you know, look, people pay a lot of attention. Like, basketball hasn't gotten bigger since uh, football college football ended or, or since the, you know, the championship games in, in the NFL leading up to the Super Bowl, it's just that, that maybe people are paying, you know, some people are paying more attention, but it's usually the people, um, uh, the sort of the uh, lesser fans. I mean, you know, the passionate fans have been watching since day one. So I'm, I'm not worried about that. And I don't think like it, it'll become a bigger story because it's closer to the end. Not not because football ended. It's because he's closer to the end. I mean, you know, you, I think there are only three home games left for Duke before the season's over. One of them, North Carolina, on March fifth, and this is his last trip to uh, as a coach to Chapel Hill. Um, so I, I don't you know. Obviously, those are stories. But but if this were if Duke were playing North Carolina in November, of course it wouldn't be as big a deal. It's a much bigger deal as you get later in the season. I've watched some screeners for the tournament documentary series that's going to debut next week, and it's just outstanding. And But it had me thinking about the historical figures in the league, talking about guys like Vic Bubis going up, going up against Dean Smith and all those legendary figures. As somebody who experienced this rivalry and has documented – it all along the way for Coach K in one way or another. How central do you believe him to be in this North Carolina Duke rivalry historically? Oh, I mean, he's, you know, when you think of Duke Carolina, you think of, um, you know, Coach K, uh, Dean Smith, Roy Williams, those guys first uh, as coaches. I mean, I, you know, I, I think players first. I mean, I, I'm watching games. I'm not watching coaches. So when I think of, of Carolina, I think of all the great players and, uh, but because the players come and go and the, and the schools have to recruit. So they're always selling the coach. And, uh, and that's who we, we in the media have the most access to, you know, you're not getting players as often for your, uh, uh, for media consumption as you get coaches. 
you know, there's no players teleconference every week for the ACC. There's a coaches teleconference. So they're always pushing the coaches on you. So those are the voices you hear most. But, uh, but I've, I've, you know, when I think of NBA teams, I don't think about coaches. When I think about, you know, the, uh, the NFL, if I think about the Patriots, I'm not first thinking about Bill Belichick. I'm thinking about Tom Brady and, you know, Gronkowski and all those guys that won them all those championships. I'm not, you know, I'm not thinking about Belichick first, but I may be different in that regard. Last thing for you, Jay Billis, kind enough to join us here ahead of college game day being at the Smith Center. Uh, Saturday morning, we look forward to seeing that and, of course, the game later that night. As you were calling Alabama-Auburn last night, a couple of calls by the officiating crew were central in helping North Carolina to an overtime victory at Louisville. And it reminded me of a conversation I once had in Winston-Salem with Bob Ryan, who's on the board with the NSMA down here. And I asked him about how often he went after officials in his columns. And I remember him saying, why wouldn't I? They're on the court. They draw a paycheck. They can handle it. And you've been somebody criticized at times for being hard on officials on television. Is that something you've ever thought of? And have officials ever brought that up to you? Who's criticized me for it? I I, I often see Jay Billis, somebody that doesn't mind writing the official on, I guess, on social media. But take that for whatever it's worth. Yeah, that doesn't sound like criticism to me because I pointed out that's not criticism. Um you know, I, I, I'm critical of players, I'm critical of coaches, I'm critical of teams. Um, I don't see why I can't be critical of a call. I've never been critical of an official. Like, I've never said this, this official is not doing a good job or this is not a good official. And, and, and you know, the, the flip side of that is I don't say they're good officials either because I don't know whether they're good. I'm not grading those guys. That's somebody else's job. But I know what a good call is, and so I might point out a call or I know what a poorly officiated game is. And, and frankly, we saw one in the, in the North Carolina Louisville game. That was not a basketball game. That was a hockey game. And, uh, and we've seen that throughout, uh, college basketball this year. Um, and certainly you could point to a couple of calls that the officials screwed up, but there's a difference between a missed call and recurring calls. So you're, you're going to have a missed call in every game. There's never, or several missed calls in every game. There's no way that, uh, that the officials are going to see everything. And, and I don't expect them to. So and some, some missed calls are worse than others. But when you have recurring calls that, that are going uncalled, they're not missing all those. They're, they're intentionally ignoring them. And, and so when you have the physicality we're seeing in some of these games, most of these games, um, and, and what you saw in the, in the uh, Louisville-Carolina game, you know, that was not a well-officiated game. And I think the officials in that game would admit that, frankly, if, if you talk to them. It's, it's um, a- now that doesn't make them bad officials. They, you know, they just had a bad night. Uh, but you pile up a bunch of bad calls, you got a poorly officiated game, or and a bunch of missed calls. That's what a poorly officiated game looks like, and that's what they had uh, that night. It's a great distinction. Criticize the call, not the referees, and uh, you do that really well and said it very well there, Jake. Have a great broadcast, uh, 11 a.m. on Saturday morning. Look forward to seeing you at the Smith Center. Thanks so much for making the time in the triad. Thank you, guys. There he goes, Jay Billis, joining us from ESPN. Moving things along. When Super Bowl Sunday rolls around, I've got a feeling I know who the triad's going to be strongly pulling for, and there's reason for it. That's next on The Drive.